Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gimmage, and I've got with me today, George Valenzuela from Lifelong Learning Defined. He's an all-star speaker, author, and coach. He's got a variety of topics that he discusses. And today we're gonna talk about business. We're both education entrepreneurs. I'm excited to have him on the show. And before we do get into it, check us out on social media at Trey Gimmage and our website, seleducators.com. George, how you doing? Trey, what's going on, man? How are you? Look, man, I'm, I'm trying to get like you one day, George. I, you know, they say you got to look up to people sometimes <laughs> that you know where I want to be. I'm trying to get like you, bro. Like, I've looked at your website. I've looked at your offerings. Just everything you're doing with SEL, man. Like, you really have understood how to market yourself how to promote your work and I'm learning right now too. So mm -hmm. how about that? <laughs> well, well, thanks for saying that. I, I do want to go off the beaten path a little bit here and, and, and just talk about business. You know, usually we are focused on, sure. you know, we're focused on schools and stuff, but I mean, there's a whole world outside of that, the school building, you know, and there's so many ways that you can support educators and students outside of it, I say you've got a wide variety of experience from uh, Solution Tree to ASCD, you've got your own company. Can mm. you just talk me through like, what did you learn from those corporate education companies that set you up for success in your personal business? Well, so I had to take a different path. Like I had to do it on my own first before they actually recognized me. Um, I actually reached out to ASCD back in 2019 and I wasn't ready yet. I might have something to prove, right? So I went out and I just basically, I generated my own buzz. Like I made myself bubble. Um, I read a book by 50 Cent and it's on the art of hustling. And, and, he, and he basically said that the way that he hustled his way into the game was mixtape, record deal, which is the corporate entity, right? And then the show. And so he said, you don't make any money or you don't make any real profit off the mixtape, off the record deal, but you do off the concert. And so what I did, I just wrote articles and then I got the book deals, which is like the record deal, right? But that opened up the door for me to do PD and, and to yeah. be invited. So as I was doing articles, um, well, I was an apprentice first um, and, and they didn't call me an apprentice, but I worked for the Buck Institute for education and I was learning how to be a consultant. I didn't know it at the time, but I was actually learning what to do on the road and how to speak in front of educators and large crowds and how to transform myself into what they need me to be. But when I started writing articles, I started getting invitations. And part of what I was being told was this, George, we love your work. We want to work with you but we can't go into business or into a contract with an individual. You need to be mm -hmm. an entity. And so that's how Lifelong Learning Define was born. And so I started doing that. And I want to say into my third, fourth year, that's when those organizations started to take notice of me because of my writing and my online presence. And then I started to get book deals through them and then PD. So I'd say I had to prove myself first. Mm. I don't know if that's everyone else's story, but for me, um, it was it was earned. <laughs> and George, that's interesting because I, I feel like you hear about overnight success. I just don't see them. 
you know, and, and typically by the time oh. somebody pops, they've been putting in the work for so long. Oh, and yeah. I appreciate your analogy with like the rap or the music game and our work. I do the same translations. There's a guy- It pops my culture, right? It's our culture. So it, it just, <laughs> that's it who just I look up to. <laughs> yep. I think yeah. about like the, for me, like you said, it was articles. For me, it was podcasts. So I'm like, hey, how can mm -hmm. I- let me pump this out. We got 235 episodes, over 100 hours of content now. Mm -hmm. And I had somebody, I was talking to a marketing guy and he Googled me and all my episodes and things came up. So when you type in my name, all them sheets of Google, you know, I've got a unique name and all that comes up. So I like it in, in that grind. You, what, what else? What am I missing? No, 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 no. So I do want to say one thing. So you did what I did. But, but you did it in the podcast videos mm -hmm. and I did it in articles, Yeah. right? So like, if you Google my name, it's a bunch of articles and then I'm on other people's podcasts. Mm -hmm. so, so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't shine in that arena. Right now I do because I've done so many that I'm learning how to do it better. Yeah. But writing is where I shine. So for any entrepreneur listening, you just have to either write, do a show, but you need something online that is showcasing your expertise. Mm. I love that's it. All you need. Yeah, that's all you need. What else would you say was like some this? Because you, Georgia, for me, man, I, I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say, get a job that pays you the most that, that you have to do the least until you figure out what you want to do. Oh, my yeah. first job paid me $25,000, but I had no bills. I lived on my campus. It was a residential high school. I lived there. <laughs> so I took like, 25% of my money and I put it in investments. I put 25% of my money and I started a business and the other 50% is just where it was. But just that grind, you know, I had a position where it was like, hey, go, 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 go. And then speaking engagements for me, I did at least a hundred for free, uh, maybe 150 before I got paid. I joined Toastmasters. I remember I was living in Charleston for six weeks. I literally just spent my days. I would be in the park, set up a tripod, talking to myself <laughs> in, front of, in front of a camera for an hour preparing for this international speaking competition wow. but that was like that was the grind that was the work that yeah. was, that was you know those 300 200 podcast episodes you know hours i probably spent eight hours a day practicing a single speech for six months man you know, so and, and then i got paid and then i got paid i have not met anyone like myself until right now so <laughs> All right, so all right, so now like I'm gonna tell you the real deal. So only my kids know this. All right, so I had one advantage over you when I worked for for the Buck Institute for Education, and I went through a cohort, and they at the time were the top organization for for um, for MPD. At the time, I only joined them because I had 40 teachers I was responsible for at a school district. Mm -hmm. Now part of my training was that I had to become a master and how to, and how to plan lessons and how to facilitate them. And mm. they would send me on workshops around the country and I would get super nervous, but there's one thing when I would get in front of people, like the passion would take over. And I remember, um, I would get paid for them, but I would always feel like I would do this for free. Like I always felt that way. And I even said it one time and one of the mentors was like, don't ever say that. Don't ever know. Like you need to get paid for your work. But in my mind, I always felt, look, man, if God blessed me with all the work in the world, right? Like all the money in the world, I just want to help people. And mm -hmm. this is what I'm really, really good at. 
Well, what I didn't know was that to really be an expert, you need 10,000 hours. Hmm. And I had a I had super anxiety, stuff like that. And so I got this book. It's by Tim Grover. It's called Relentless. And he was Michael Jordan's coach. And so he basically said this, if an NBA game was 43 minutes, Michael Jordan practiced 45 minutes, 15 times before the game. So, mm. that, so that's what you did. Yeah. So I would stand in front of the mirror. And only my kids know this. I would stand what? in front of the mirror for years. Like I was learning how to be a consultant on the road all around the country. I went to 25 states before I started my own company. Wow. Right? Now, I did that for 6 years and then I opened my own company. But mm. in all those years I was practicing, practicing, practicing and rehearsing and because I started getting really really good at it and I was passionate, I was being sent out all over the place and what was happening was I was seeing education in so many different contexts, rural, mm -hmm. inner city, all white, all African-American, Hispanic, right? Like all around the country. And so I basically learned what to do in just about, I don't want to say every situation, but in a lot of situations. Yeah. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. And so that's how you grow. And now, like I can honestly say, like right before, like before a podcast, before a workshop, I would have super anxiety. But now... I have super confidence and the confidence is not, well, I'm all that. No, I trust my preparation mm -hmm. and I trust that everything is going to be okay. Um, I, I will say one thing. I've seen one person blow up immediately. There was a guy, very charismatic, smart, handsome, all of those things. And he blew up quick, but with no real expertise, mm -hmm. no real anything. Yeah, it doesn't last long. It fizzles out. So I thank God, thank the universe that things did not work out in the beginning. I've had a lot of, you know, closed doors in my face. Yeah, not so much now, but I did at one time, and I'm thankful for all all of those things. Um, you know, I I love that. I'm I'm just thinking, and I want to. You're right. I remember when I told my dad and my brother that I was going to be a public speaker in charge. $2,000 speed. They're like, who's going to pay you? And why are they going to pay you <laughs> that money? And I thought it was disrespectful, but now I know that you have to do that work. And like speaking on that before, so 150 engagements for free, 200 podcast episodes without being paid. Um, I, I ran for city council. I knocked on 1,500 doors three times. I knocked on them all once a month for three months to get 69 votes. Wow. And so, yeah, but that's that's good. the rate, that's the success rate. There wasn't one door Jesus didn't knock on. That's that's it. I mean, so I mean, think about it. And only 12 of them rock with him. And then one turned back. So. <laughs> well, and, and you mentioned like growing yourself. And I have a question I'm getting to as well. You mentioned growing yourself. There's a parable about a prince who was born disabled. I think this was in, it's either a Les Brown story or a Dennis Kimbrough, Think and Grow Rich, a Black Choice. And there was a young prince who was disabled. He had a hump in his back. 
Mm. And for his 12th birthday, his father came in and asked him what he wanted for his birthday. And the boy said, I want a statue of myself standing tall and strong, not as I am now, but as I want to be in the mm. future. So right. every day when this humpback boy woke up, he would get out, he would look at the statue, it was positioned right outside his window, and he would stretch his back, and he would stretch his back, and he would stretch his back every day until 21, till he turned 21, he walked outside to the statue and he looked at it eye to eye and was a splitting image of that statue. And so I think it's wow. a, a, a wonderful analogy of like doing that dirty work, taking those steps, yeah. getting on that grind from where you are to where you want to be, or, or rather who you have to be, because it's not what you get, it's who you have to become. And that's my question. I feel like I learned in college that when you have an engine or a vehicle that can support you and drive you, it makes the road to success much easier. I had a oh, yeah. football scholarship. And since I had a football scholarship, everything was paid for. I was able to learn things with a lot less risk on the back end. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a consultant, you had a chance to work with the Buck Institute. That right. was your engine. You know, these other companies, they're your engine to learn the information, to understand the game, to provide that value. And you're providing value to them as well. So it's not like it's not a win-win, but you're getting that information and you're getting that engine to help support you. So you're you're taking a risk, obviously, as a consultant, but it's not as big of a risk because you've got a real engine that's supporting you behind you. What, what, what say you to that? So what led me to them? Well, what 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 do you think of, about that? Just that having oh, that. Oh no no no! Like, yeah, so you're absolutely right. So when you have a passion or you have an interest, right, you need to make a goal for yourself. Now, I would be lying to you, Trey. Um, in 2014, well, if I said that in 2014, I was going to be an entrepreneur and be doing what I'm doing right now, I'd be lying to you. Mm. Um, now I have seen speakers and I have seen people doing their thing. And there was something inside me saying, you can do that. Like that needs to be you. But then there's another voice saying, nah, nah, mm. nah, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> That's not you. And so that voice would always win in the beginning. So when I joined Buck, it was about helping 40 teachers in my district. Now, you don't know what you don't know. And when they send me out around parts of the country, like I was going out like in the Midwest, um, like in like in the middle America, mm -hmm. and I'd be super nervous, but I'd be rocking out every time. And I would win these people over with just being a good person, but also knowing my stuff, like really knowing my pedagogy and, and things like that. And so what I'm saying is this, to start, all you need is passion. Mm -hmm. but you need to have a goal of where you want to go. My goal at the time was to help 40 teachers. Eventually that goal became to help every teacher in the world. That's the intention, right? But here's the thing though. There's two things you have to consider. Number one is learning from experts. You should never learn anything from anyone who hasn't accomplished what you want to accomplish. Mm. Like. It's in the 10,000 hour rule, right? In the 10,000 hour rule, the research says, yeah, you have to practice 10,000 hours in tandem with getting instruction from an expert or from experts. So me being with Buck, I was learning from the experts. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And then I became an expert and I can say I became an expert or I became really confident in the fourth year, mm. in the fourth year of putting in 10 to 14, 16 hour days. Now that's the first step learning from an expert. But the second step is monitoring your energy. Your energy is only either positive or it's negative. If mm. you're failing forward, and you're seeing little successes, you will have positive energy. But until your confidence is there, when things don't go the way you want them to go, you're going to feel bad, and you're going to have negative energy. And if you don't have a mantra, or if you don't have a way to get yourself back where you need to be emotionally, then you'll never do your best work. Mm. And that was the thing that I was lacking. I was lacking, how do I emotionally get myself where I need to be. And I really do believe that that, that book, um, Relentless, about Michael Jordan and his preparation, because if you think about it, in the history of jobs and people that have done jobs, most likely he's the best person in our lifetime that has done a job, right? Yeah. So you have to understand the mindset. So once I got into the mindset of if my workshop is eight hours a day, you know, an eight hour a day workshop, I need to practice 10, 15 times before the workshop, sort of like you. Once I got that down packed, then I became very confident. And then it doesn't matter what really happens, right? Even if I get a client that doesn't do the intake call until the day before, I'm okay because I've seen so many different scenarios that that I'm good. And then there's a 10 there's a the um, 10% advantage. In order to coach someone, you just need to know 10% more than they do. Mm-hmm. And that's the advantage. Become your best self with bestself.co. They have 90-day journals, six-month action plans, daily journals, gratitude cards, relationship cards, all kinds of things to help you become a better version of yourself. Visit bestself.co and use the code GAMAGE for 15% off your next order. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having having those right vehicles to help you get there and learn mm-hmm. the right information is super helpful. I think uh one of the cool when I knew when I knew and I'm you're making me excited. When I was <laughs> like one time I surprised myself. I was doing a training and I knew I knew my material, I knew I knew my stuff, but the room for this training wasn't big enough. Mm. They had to split the room in two rooms. So there was literally a wall like 30 participants on one side, 20 on the other. Wow. I had to use two clickers, two computers, and literally go back and forth for a three-hour presentation, and it was seamless. And <laughs> only, and I, I was like, wow, like that. I'm I am impressed by this. Just the but, but I knew my material. I knew when the small group was supposed to happen. I knew where the discussions were. I knew when to turn and talk. I knew when to to do other pieces. I knew when we had time to bounce back and forth and when we could come together in a whole group setting. But that came from, I've been doing the same training. That's another piece. I've been doing the same trainings now and updating it for about five or six years now and um, have the facilitation guides and the, the, the maps and the templates and the systems and the scenarios that go with it to where now, and this may be another subject, I've gotten so focused on SEL and using the 
the tools, emotional intelligence, communication, building those skills, I, I see it so clearly now, I recognize how it translates outside of the classroom and can work now, not with just teachers and school level admin, but district level admin, university admin and, and corporate as well. Corporate, that's the next step, bro. <laughs> that's where we're headed. <laughs> yes, yes. And, up there, and that's a, you know, I didn't see it. I, I would say like similar to you, when I started my business, I didn't, I mean, I had an end goal. Like I, I'm like, yeah, I want to start a business. I want to take care of my family was the main thing. But I think it's cool as you progress, seeing the different lanes and opportunities that that go up. I'm curious about, um, I'm a big system guy. I have so many probably episodes and stuff about like journaling and writing. And I use best self journals. Um, I, this is a six month journal. I use six month and 90 day journals, but they, they really helped me. And you mentioned like your routine in traveling, especially now. I remember yeah. October, I had 17 days on the road and I lost <laughs> my wallet at one point. And when wow. I looked at my binder, I have a habit tracker. So for four days straight, I hadn't tracked my habits, like my morning routine, my morning prayers, my workout, my evening routine check my calendar every day. Like these are like basic habits that I try to do every day. I hadn't done them for like four days because I was visiting family. Sure enough, I get on a flight to Texas for an engagement and I leave my wallet. But when I go and do that reflection and I look inward, I, I, I see it, I see the gap. I, I was off my system, I was off my game, just that slight miss and I'm, I'm moving. So how, how do you, um, when you're doing traveling, when you're on the road, like you're just tired, man. I just, I drove <laughs> two hours a day, had a beaten drive back, got this car, I'm ready to go to bed, but I got to make sure I got my ducks in the row so when I wake up tomorrow, I'm ready. How, um, how do you do it, George? How do you do it? Yeah. So, so honestly, um, when I was building up lifelong learning to find, I neglected everything in my life except my business and my family. Mm. But I can honestly say that, that I was not cutting the grass. I wasn't doing house cleaning, right? Like I wasn't doing none of that. Um, I wasn't hitting the gym as much as I used to. Like I wasn't eating right all the time. And once my business reached a point where I'm always busy and it's because of word of mouth, right? And it's because of my online presence. Then I started realizing that it'll be the resurrection and they're going to get someone else to do this work, mm -hmm. right? They'll, there will be the next it person or the hot new topic yeah. or whatever. And so you can't really neglect your life and your, and yourself. And so I knew enough not to neglect family. And because of that, I have an extremely strong support system. But what I do is I pack my bag and I make sure that I do a check-in, mm -hmm. right? Like it's a, a checked in bag. So I put my water in there, my um, alkaline water, right? Like I make sure it's alkaline it because, you know, cancer and, you know, disease, it can't survive in alkaline. So I have that. I have my mixed nuts and, and you know, fruit um, stuff that is like really, really healthy. And I put that all into the bag. I make sure I have all my clothing. I have my steamer, right? All of those things. And what I do is this on a regular day at home, I'm writing first thing in the morning. I write 90 minutes a day, mm. right? And then I hit the gym, I'm, I'm, I'm doing meetings, emails, you know, other writing, you know, things like that. But when I'm on the road, I eliminate everything except important emails. Mm. 
So by the time I'm done in the workshop, it's just a matter of me hitting the gym. Yeah. And all this is on my, all this is on my social media so that other people see it yeah. and they can also replicate it. But then I do my Uber Eats. And when I do my Uber Eats, I'm not getting fried stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting desserts. I'm getting grilled food <laughs> until the weekend, of course. And then yeah. on, on the week. So it's everything in moderation, including moderation, right? right? And then on the weekend, like I love donuts. And so there's a shop called the Treat Shop. Big shout out to my man. Um, I'm Tony Dean and I put in my order, right? And when I get home, it's ready for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I eat sushi, things like that. But, you know, during the week, I try to hold it down because if you don't take care of your health, you're going to pay for it. I like that, George. I like that's helpful. That's helpful. I was thinking about when I started traveling too. like, what do I I'm, I'm all over the place. I know I need my systems together in order to. So I like I like packing the fruit and the oh, water yeah. with you because it'd be hard to eat healthy when you're traveling. I, one of my rules was to eat at least one smoothie or salad every day. Um, mm -hmm. and then like work out. Those are like two of my big routines. Eat a smoothie or salad and make sure I work out yeah. at least a day while I'm on the road um, and stuff like that. So so that's good. George, um, what would you say is a key lever? If I'm, if I'm thinking about seven months ago, I was in a full-time dean of students position. I had a business that was making money, but it wasn't, um, I didn't have enough to survive. My, my, my wife wasn't quite ready. She didn't know if I can quite take that leap. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. sure bills are still What's that key lever, man? How, how do, yeah. and I, I can say what, how I got over the hump, you know, but what, yeah. what is that key lever to just taking that next step yeah. from man, making money to um, surviving? Or yeah. Thriving? So, so you should never put your family and I'm not saying you, like I'm saying in mm -hmm. general, we should never put our family through any type of hardship, right? So I actually, like I wrote this down because I figured it was coming, but I, I didn't write it down for you. I actually wrote it down for someone else. Hmm. And it's funny, like I sent it to this guy and he didn't even read it, hmm. but he was upset that his, like he left his job and he has a business, but it's not really making money. And so like, you want me to read this to you real quick? Yeah, read it to me. So first things first, if you're not, if you don't have the revenue, like if it's not coming in, you, you don't have a business. <laughs> you have a hustle. Don't quit. Don't quit. Yeah. Even if it's incorporated or, or it's an LLC, like you don't have a business, right? Like you don't. Yeah. So I recommend people leave their full-time job only, only if consulting is their passion. Mm. If it's not your passion and what I mean by passion, um, not trying to grab a dollar. You, you, you. Ultimately, it's helping other people. Snoop Dogg said, I love rap more than I love money. I love rap more than I love fame. Mm. I love rap more than anything in the world. And so here's the thing. If you come from a background or from you know poverty or you need certain things, you will have a hustling season. Like, let's be real. There yeah. will be a time where money is a focus, but we're talking about being passionate about consulting, mm -hmm. right? So your, so your passion needs to be whatever you're working on, mm -hmm. but also helping people. If you're not helping people, then eventually 
people will see that you're trying to help yourself. Mm. And you have an agenda and they're not going to rock with you like that. And you see people like that, like, like, see, like we're scholars, scholars mean, meaning that we do scholarly work, right? But less than half percent of the population is interested in that. They're not. Only the people at the schools that have to teach yeah. kids, they need yeah. to understand certain things. But even on our personal time, that's not our focus. So if we're coming in and we want to be a rock star and we want to show off and we want to be so this and that, people will see that, that it's not about helping other people. And it's not really our passion, right? Like anyone who is passionate about something, they earn the right to show other people how to do it, but they can't make themselves up here and make other people down here, right? Hmm. So I'd say, don't leave your job if it's not your passion. And you'll know what your passion is um, because it involves a lot of travel, it involves in the beginning um, a lot of no's and things like that. So, okay, so I'll say this, it's gotta be your passion. But number one, you need to have six months of savings in overhead in the bank, meaning whatever your overhead is, if it's three grand, if it's five grand, whatever, you need six months of that saved. I like to have a year, but at least six. And you should have a credit card that has 0% zero, zero APR on balance mm -hmm. transfers and discover is a really good one. And that happened to me. Like I had a lot of great contracts, right? And I had a summer worth of contracts and I took the leap, but I had a lean winter. I had to live off credit cards. So that leads me into number two. You need to have a monthly earning goal and have contracts for six months meeting that goal. So if your goal is $10,000 a month, you need to have six months of savings, but also six months of contracts mm. with that goal before you leave. And so that takes time to develop that. Yeah. It's a skill set. And then it's the clientele. Number three, have skill sets that can earn you twice your monthly overhead. Four, have a strong online presence, whether it's social media, whether it's a blog, a podcast, mm -hmm. videos. Five, offer workshops to help schools achieve their instructional goals. Think about what I'm saying. So you hit a big with SEL. And if you really think about it, SEL, like I'm in schools. I'm in schools. SEL is the most important thing. Like, but it's not what's mandated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? It's an initiative, right? Instruction is mandated. Curriculum is mandated. But, 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 but we have young people that are number one, they, they had a very difficult time in COVID, right? It decimated instruction. And so they are behind, right? Two, they're having a lot of struggles at home, right? I mean, like, like the CDC data is there, right? Mm -hmm. And three, they don't want to be there. So you have to focus on social emotional learning and engagement and things like that because they don't want to learn the content. And I'm not saying every kid, but you can look right. online right now. You've got kids fighting the teachers, right? So, so that's one thing, but schools at the end of the day, they have to test. And around April, May, 
that's what they're going to focus on. So if you're going to be a consultant, you have to have a plan of how you're going to help them achieve that academic achievement. Um, and, you know, gimmicks, they will work for a short time. Not like if you're charismatic, you know, if you know how to speak well, things like that, but it won't be long-term because when something like a COVID happens, people are only reaching out to experts after that, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, since right. you, right. you need to have authored a book or, you know, and some articles. And number seven is don't take advice from anyone who hasn't accomplished what you mm. want to accomplish. It's a, waste of time. It. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Yeah. I'm glad you called them out here for not reading that. Those are some really good, really good tips. I would say I would. So here's my, I'm not a rule follower. So I think that what you said is absolutely right. And I, I would stamp those. I'm crazy. And both times I left my job, I first time I did it with no contracts, but I had no wife, no children. So mm-hmm. you could do that. You could take that kind of risk. I, I ended up getting one contract. And I'm and I'm in the second time, the last time, I didn't have the savings, but I had those six months of contracts that set up. And I took from April to July, it took me six months, five to six months to make the transition. Mm-hmm. And I was communicating with my um supervisor the whole time. So I didn't just quit cold turkey. Mm-hmm. I told my I supervised I wanted to resign, but I didn't want to leave my job, but I was going to support through. And that that's what helped carry me over. So I'm you're spot on with those things. I All right, I but modify no, my wait, 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 wait. No, no. So I do want to say one thing though. So this is what I would say would be the safe route. Yes. Yeah. Right. But but at the end of the day, your intuition and your mm-hmm. gut and your passion need to lead okay. you. Yeah. And so if someone is very confident and they just know in their gut that this is what they need to do, that's a whole different story. And I would say, I would say, so you listed six or seven things. I'd say you can get away with making that leap. Maybe you can scratch one off for sure. If you don't have one of those seven, okay, I got it. If there's yeah. seven, two, if you have five of those seven of the list, I say, all right, you're getting a little risky now. Like <laughs> if you're missing those, like you, you don't have a presence and you ain't got no money, like you uh, if you're missing any two of those things, you probably aren't ready to make the leap. Three, you're you're taking a big old leap, jumping and leaving your job on that. Yeah. That's that's some good stuff. Yeah. And like, so like we also have to understand, like if we're working with schools, you know, scholarship and scholarly service is an important thing you you have to have a book if you don't have a book um you're you won't qualify like a lot of people will you know turn you away yeah, even yeah. if you don't have a phd i mean it's a respect. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. Respect. right yeah and so and so you have to respect that i mean you, you just have to respect that mm-hmm. yeah george this is good i, I think um you've given me a lot to think about today and even um, in terms of how we talk about how we continue to educate entrepreneurs <laughs> on this. So these were these were some gems here. Any any final words you would like to leave with folks that maybe we left out? No, no. Um, I don't think we left anything out. But I would honestly say is we need to help other people. We we need to anything we do in life, we need to be first passionate about that thing. And I know we talked about it, but honestly, you know, passion and love are not really the same thing. 
right? Like you can love something today and hate it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What makes you laugh makes you cry. But what you're passionate, so passion is a compelling enthusiasm, something you can't shake. You just have to be sure that if you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, if you want to be a teacher, okay. if you want to be a police officer, you know, if you want to be anything, you have to be passionate about that thing, but it's got to be about service and helping other people. If you're good at what you do, someone will pay you for it. That will happen, but it can't be about that. Mm-hmm. And that's all I, I can really say. And then just learn from people that have already done what you want to do. And mm-hmm. if there's people out there that you reach out to and they don't want to help out and you see that they're selfish, you know, just wish them love and keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. I love it, George. Did you know that the root word of passion equals to suffer? Passion. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's the Latin root word. When I originally started the podcast, it will be interviewed folks about their passion, purpose, and process. The passion is the what you're doing and what you're willing to suffer for. The purpose is the why and um, yeah, the why in the reflection on how you're going to get there. And the process was the how in the transition into becoming the person. So I'm going to have to bring something like that back. George. Wait, wait. And for the people listening, the process will come. If you can't find a mentor or a coach or an expert, the process comes after you try and you fail. Mm, mm. That's when it comes. Because I everything I just read off, everything I said, no one was willing to teach that. What do people? Think? That's why I'm so quick to explain it. That's what we need. The secret to living is giving. That's the other thing that I have written. <laughs> and then, and then you make it back ten times or more each time. Yeah. And that's, that's a deal. <laughs> where, where do people find you on on social media, your website, all the good stuff? At George does PBL. That's J O R G E. He does PBL, and at lifelonglearningdefined.com. Nice. Thank you very much, sir. If you like this episode, share it with somebody. You got somebody in education who wants to be a business or or consultant. This is the episode to check out. You can find us at all your favorite podcast platforms and on our website at tradegamers.com and seleducators.com. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash. Thanks for listening to us on The Dash Podcast. I definitely hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you liked it, Share it with a friend, share it with an educator, share it with someone who needs to hear the message from this episode. You can visit our website, seleducators.com, to learn more about our online courses and professional development training for schools and districts. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.